Welcome to the Christian Men Unscripted Podcast, where Christian men get together to talk about real issues, real struggles, and real victories. We're here to have honest conversations about what it means to be a Christian man in today's world. We'll be talking about marriage, fatherhood, leadership, faith, and more. And we'll be doing it all in a way that is honest, open, and unscripted. Subscribe today and join us on this journey. Hey, we started. Okay, guys. Yeah. Uh, my name is John Harney. I'm here <laughs> with Alan Underwood and Seth. I always forget his last name. It's it's fancy. It's like a fancy French. I don't even know. Anyway, um, so last week we talked about a, um, it was a serious topic. We were talking about depression, anxiety, and suicide, suicidal ideation. Um, we didn't, we didn't try to go into a real deep conversation. We, in summary, tried to share that if you're experiencing depression and, and anxiety and even suicidal ideation, you're not alone. Um, but reach out, you know, go to God in prayer, know that you're loved, know that you're valuable and, and go to the word of God and read. And, and I promise it's not a magic eight ball, but as you learn and you recognize there are people in the Bible, by the way, I didn't share this last week. There are multiple people in the Bible that experience depression and they share it. That's what's so beautiful about scripture is you have real people sharing their real experiences in Psalm 42 and 43. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's like 42, five and, and verse 11. It's like, it basically says, why am I so depressed? Why is my soul so downcast? And I wish I would have shared that uh, last week because what's neat about that, and, and Psalm 43, 5 says it, why am I so depressed? Why is my soul so downcast? That's literally what that author is saying. And and it's sharing that these are real human beings who know the Lord, by the way, because the, the B part of those verses, that author immediately says, yet my hope is in the Lord. Um, you know, I, I yet will praise the Lord cause we're still called to praise God and we know that he has it because our hope is in him. And so we didn't touch on that a lot, but we have a secured hope. It's not like, I hope it happens. We have confident expectation that the Lord has us. And so if you're experiencing those issues, I want to make sure that you know that one, and then share that not only with the Lord in prayer, God, I just like the psalmist say that. You know, God, God, why am I so depressed? You can be open and honest and share that with the Lord. Yet I place my faith, my hope. I know that you've got me. Okay. Uh, and then from there, though, he gives people. We have each other. And so from there, we have the opportunity to reach out to people we know and say, hey, I'm in a dark place. I'm in a bad place. And if someone reaches out to you and says that, man, you got to do more than just talk to them. You know, offer to take them, take them out for a cup of coffee to dinner or uh, bring them a Slurpee. <laughs> Unless you're Seth. He hates Slurpees. Uh, that's, we're going to have to talk about that later. Um <laughs> And so anyway, and if that's the case, you know, do that, you know, and if you, if you're in a good place and you're not experiencing those things, then you know what, every chance you get, build people up, use your words, um, to edify people, to build them up, to encourage people, to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and if you're not a follower of Jesus, then uh, I encourage you to, um, to look into it, man, because there's a God who loves you, mm -hmm. you know, who's willing to take on humanity and die for you and be risen on the third day to, to prove he was who he said he was the only one capable of taking our sins. And he just wants a relationship with us, you know? Um, so we talked about all that stuff and basically what we were going to talk about a little bit today has to do with some spiritual projections. Uh, the fact that there is spiritual warfare, that it's real. And that sadly you can be in a place where you're, you're maybe frustrated or angry. And then that's an opportunity it might be from yourself. I don't want to hyper-spiritualize things. It might be like you yourself doing those things where you say, oh, my family's better off without me or, uh, you know, the world would be better off without me. But there are a lot of spiritual projections and the Bible teaches about that, that there are actual, those are opportunities for the evil one, for Satan, for Satan's minions to fire fiery darts at you and put these projections into your mind 
where you actually are all of a sudden trying to like feed on those projections and they're lies, man. And that's why that whole armor of God in Ephesians six talks about that. You, that's where you have to have that shield of faith mm -hmm. to be able to extinguish those. And so that goes right back to what I was just saying in Psalm 43, five, why am I so depressed? Pull up that shield of faith. Yet my hope is in the Lord. That is faith, confident expectation. I know you got it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about the projections. Um, Seth, you sort of shared a little bit on that, on, on our choices when it comes to those projections. Yeah. So I, I, it's reality. Like we have these thoughts, um, these things that are things that we can choose to believe or we can, we can, you know, find other things to believe, to, to fill our mind with. Um, you know, I, I think for you know, my wife, um, she's struggling with depression and struggling with postpartum depression. After we had our daughter and she, um, was choosing to believe that things were better, uh, when she wasn't, you know, around. Um, but she also, when I asked, and I brought up the fact that it might be a lie, she suddenly was in her kind of right mind. Um, and, and I think that's an important, um, understanding is that oftentimes when we are hearing these things, when we indulge them, our mind gets mixed up with what is, what is true and what is right. And, uh, we're choosing to kind of forget the actual love and command of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so, so for us, oftentimes we're, we are given this opportunity to believe a lie or to replace it with a truth from scripture. Because I know that sometimes we fail. Like I fail as a father, Alan and John, I have, I've seen them fail horribly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, man, this was serious enough. Hey, no, hey, that's fair. I can, I can hang up yeah, on you no. right now. But um, Seth, how long are you? Seth is still calling in by phone because he's in Michigan. He moved to Michigan apparently for a while. I think he's living in a van down by the river in Michigan somewhere. That's the truth, I think. And uh, so, Seth, you're calling in from Michigan. When the heck are you coming back? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm in a van. It's with my best life. <laughs> no, it's, uh, we don't know yet. You know, for God's call, like kind of waiting for um, the Lord to uh, open the door for ministry for me and my family. And, you know, in this time, I've kind of also felt like, man, am I just, am I just, you know, not good at this anymore? God called me to ministry. And there's been times where I've really been like, you know, what? I'm not good at ministry. I've, I've really started to believe, like, I'm not called to this. And I, I really messed up my life. And then I'm reminded that, no, I was, I was called. I remember being 16 and feeling this call to ministry. Um, but I'm going through a time where God is teaching me. And I'm learning different things, and I get to believe that there's something beyond this moment that I'm living for. That there's 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 a greater thing beyond my uncertainty and my family being in Michigan, enjoying family, enjoying the river. Um, but I get to it, I get to be in this learning process and say thank you, Lord, for these lessons. In fact, the other day I was kind of depressed, um, and I was walking and i was walking down the road and i uh, was like god why aren't you doing something and then in my mind i was like you know what one day i'm gonna look back at this time and i'm gonna be able to say i'm gonna be able to tell people that i was i was in a place that seemed hopeless but i kept my hope in jesus so thank you guys i'm in michigan and i uh i don't know what life is gonna bring me but i know that god is with me 
uh, Seth, thank you for sharing that because here's this guy who's committed his life to Christ in ministry to be a minister and is in a place of currently unemployment right now. He's straight jobless and homeless, him and his whole family living in a van down by the river in Michigan. And he's sharing this hopelessness and his walking down a road and I'm, I'm picturing this beautiful scene. I'm picturing the Thomas Kincaid dirt road next to a river in Michigan. And Alan yeah. is like, all of it's done. Alan's like, Michigan sucks. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah. laughs> well, he just said he's watched us fail, but I mean, that's kind of why we started a podcast to get back on track. Um, like a ministry part, like people can listen. I don't know. We got like 90 people listening now. So that's great. But you know, even if it's only 10, that's what we, we, when we decided to do this is to see if people listen, they get something out of it and help. And John, I don't know. Can, do you mind sharing? Cause you, you talk to somebody who says they love it and it's helped them. And I, I, I brought it up out of the blue. I know I'll catch you off guard, but the kid at the gym. Yeah. And Hey, shout out to him. Cause now he's on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. When you told me that, that's, I was like, well, that's why we do it. If he was the only one listening and we helped him. That would be why we do it. It's a ministry. We're not getting paid for this. We're actually spending a lot of money to do this. And somebody asked me, like, why don't you advertise more, put it on these group meetings at our church and this and I'm like, no, just whatever happens, it happens. We just like doing it. I enjoy it. I look forward to doing it. I love talking to you guys. I love putting it out there. And I'm not trying to make money. I'm not trying to become some, what do you call it? Like a have an a platform. Influencer. An influencer. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. anything. If we have 10 people to listen, they love it. And we are able to help them by our stories. And hey, we have the same problems as you. And we're older. Seth's younger. Yeah. You well, no, but you know what I like to share is that um, just for, for whoever is listening is we, we genuinely and prayerfully approach this as a ministry in this. Ministry is, is serving others, right? And we say, hey, we want to just share that uh, we were teenagers once. I tried to share that with my kids. I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was a teenager last week. I, I went through all sorts of stuff. I was a terrible kid. I mean, I, I shouldn't, I was a pretty good kid by a lot of standards, but I was a, a depraved individual. My point is this, we all go through things. And the point of this podcast, it all came out of conversations of Alan and I sitting around laughing, joking, crying, and praying together over things, raising kids and, and where we come from and where we're going and all these things. And what we realize is like, we're just living life, just like the guys who wrote scripture. You know, they're just sharing those experiences with their life. They're inspired by God. It is literally inspired, but but it's so deep and so profound because they're sharing their life experiences. And so, and then we're called to do that as individuals. That's why God gives us each other in this. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have a common ground in faith in Christ. And so um, the point of the podcast, we pray before we even do these podcasts to make sure that we're trying to make sure we're available to what God would have for at least one person to hear. You know, and I think we need to even talking about that. Let's get more specific on those things. But we pray about it because we just want this to minister to people in whatever way, mm-hmm. you know, that that'll just help build them up and help them to see that, man, everybody goes through stuff. You can be Christian. It doesn't mean you have to be all legalistic and pious and and holier than, holier than now. Like, dude, like we all screw up. We all do things. We have life. We're still living in, by the way, in the most depraved world and depraved society, probably since Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, how hard is that to try to function as a human being, as a man, as a person, period, you know? Um, so to share, yeah, there's a, it's, it's, it's encouraging. Somebody like, uh, I'll walk in, like I said, I see my buddy, Nate. Nate, shout out again to you, dude, at the front desk of the gym. And uh, just enjoys hearing some of these stories, guys like Arnaldo that we had on or, or hearing from Seth talking about his life. And, and uh, he's, my buddy's gone through some bad stuff. All of us have yeah. and some dark places. All of us have. That's what's nice. And when you, you, know? you called and told me and you're going, hey, he listens and... He said it encouraged him and it helped him to get back to where he wanted. Yeah, to be, you kind of realize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, hey, man, there are other people of faith. 
the point of it is this community of believers, like not going to be judgmental and are willing to be open and have conversation. And unlike like poor Seth trying to pour his heart out yeah. about walking down a, a road and all this, and he's homeless and he's like, doesn't even have a job right now. And you're just telling him that Michigan sucks. I mean, unlike that kind of a response, we need to be encouraging, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, preach to Alan. <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, you're, you need a better phone. <laughs> well, yeah. Alan, he doesn't have a job, bro. What are you talking about? The phone he has is the phone he has, dude. <laughs> He's got, like got one a- of those free phone, government phone. He has a corner government phone right now, dude. Stop. <laughs> right. It's anyway. not a government phone. I bought this phone. <laughs> you bought it <laughs> 10 years ago? Is it flip open? My goodness. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. You know what? Uh, Seth, Seth tell, let's talk about this projection stuff. Let's get back on track here a little bit. There are projections out there and we, we choose, we can choose to believe the lie or we can choose truth. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be serious. So last week we talked, um, I, I was waking up for like two or three days. You ever wake up and just have this overall overwhelming like sense of impending doom? Oh my God. Absolutely. That's <laughs> I, the worst. I like wake up and I wake up pretty early because I want to walk the dogs so they're not crazy in the house. And I, just, I, I feel like, whoa, there's like bad things are going to happen. I have this overwhelming mm-hmm. sense of doom and it's, it, it happened for like three days in a row and nothing bad happened, but it just felt that way. And I was like, where are these feelings coming from? And I don't know if that's kind of where we're going with this, but that's how I felt for like three days in a row. Dude. I talk about that all the time. I'll have that. And you feel like something's about to go terribly wrong. And that's, I think that speaks to projections. Mm -hmm. I I use the word, I don't want to hyper spiritualize things because people think, oh, you're this charismatic, crazy, whatever. Spiritual, spiritual warfare is real. And by the way, what you may not hear voices, you may, I'm so sorry if you do, by the way, but you know what you, all of us do one way or another through radio media, radio is probably an outdated thing. Television, podcast. uh, TikTok <laughs> podcast. You don't think that Satan and his minions can use, uh, not only can they, I don't even care. I'll debate this one. They for sure use it constantly, uh, for dark purposes and for projections. And, uh, that sort of goes back to what Seth was talking about. We can choose to listen to those things or we can, we can choose to find more holy or righteous things, starting with the word of God, starting with prayer, but even just more clean things to pay attention to, you know, cause those doom feelings they're uh one, they're just terrible. I'm there's no real sweet way of putting that one. They're just terrible. It's mm-hmm. awful to feel like that. Yep. You know? Seth, yeah. do you ever get that kind of a you're a young, excited minister kind of a guy? <laughs> uh so like you come from a different place than us. Um Yeah. You ever experienced that kind of stuff where you just feel like everything's terrible? Yeah, no, I definitely I've experienced that all the time. And and I'm sorry if my uh phone is cutting out, but um yeah, no, I've uh, experienced that several times. And, and actually just what you had to talking about reminded me um, of something I heard from a pastor. Um, and because um, all the time, a lot of times we, like you mentioned earlier, is that we actually say things to ourselves sometimes because we make a mistake. And, and then we start to think like we're worthless because, oh man, I failed. I'm a failure. And then you just keep going down that road and the devil will give fuel to that like yeah of course you are i can't believe you ever thought different and you start to have these these projections and you start to be wow like man like i can't believe that you've ever thought you could be something good like you're you're the worst and i felt that and i felt like man how can i how can my family even uh you know want me as a dad how do my kids love me how do my how does my wife love me um but it reminded me that this pastor he said that 
there are things that we tell ourselves and we have to ask ourselves, is it true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? Um, and that's, uh, that's something that I think for us, like sometimes it is true. Like, yeah, I did make a mistake, but it isn't helpful. It isn't kind. And it isn't going to help me change. And I think that that's something that we can start to, start to understand. Like, okay, this thought of impending doom is not helping me thrive or not helping me live the life that God has given me. Uh, but it may, there might be something that happens. And so I need to be maybe prepared for it. But maybe I shouldn't be as, uh, maybe I shouldn't just be like, oh man, it's going to happen and then kind of live in fear. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting because I actually, I, that sounds familiar, what you're saying about that, because I recall maybe Chip Ingram or someone else that I, that I follow, one of those other kind of bigger name pastors, if you will. Um, you're exactly right. It's, uh, you go to these dark places and, and then it just, you continue to kind of feel even worse. And isn't that interesting that once that it's almost like that, the, the, I guess the chink in the armor, is that the term, right? Where there's like an opening, like it's, there's the crack in the armor, if you will. And so what's, once that's in there, it's almost like that gives like a foothold for the enemy, right? That's, that's all the enemy needs is a little bit of a foothold. And then he can continue to feed into those projections into you, you know, and, and then sometimes you're right. You, you choose to kind of believe it or follow it for a while. People call it going down that rabbit hole, if you will. And all it does is bring on more depression, more anxiety, more issue. Then you might go for the instant feel good, guilty pleasure issues. That's where alcoholism, drugs, uh, partying, terrible TV shows or movie, terrible, bad media, things that are bad for your soul. You end up going down that rabbit hole of negative projection and then looking for the instant feel good. That's not righteous. And it actually still continues to bring you down a destructive path. I think that's kind of something worth exploring at some point. I don't know if right now is the time for that, but, um, you're exactly right. You have to actually address it and, and come right up to the, the truth of it. Is this even true? But I heard something similar to exactly that. Like, is this helpful? Is it true? Is this, however, what I want to share real fast, another thing I just thought of, I like to bring Bible stuff into things. Philippians 4, around verse 6 through 9, I think it is 4, 6 through 9 in Philippians. I, I, I Someone else probably said this because I'm not smart enough to coin phrases like this, but I was, uh, there's a prescription for anxiety right there in Philippians 4 through 6. And you know what it talks about is going to God in thanksgiving and praise and supplication and in prayer and and what it is it's sort of like a neat little step of just giving it up to God God and learning to thank him first for little things. I don't care if you can wiggle your finger if that's all you got. Thank you God, I can still wiggle my finger. Thank you God that uh it's a warm day or that the sun still shines or that rain still comes or whatever. You start going through those little like thanking God for things and then praising God for things. And that is literally just giving it up to God. God praise you and thank you. And then you can go through those details of what you're dealing with, whatever your personal issues are and praying for others. And so Philippians 4, 6 through 9 is is sort of a prescription for anxiety. And it talks about focusing on all these things, whatever is noble and beautiful and and praiseworthy and all these things. Um, it'll help you. It's, it really is. It's sort of the mechanics for working through anxiety with a biblical mm-hmm. worldview. Yeah, be anxious yeah. for no, nothing, but everything be prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let yeah. your requests be made known to God, and peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the one you're talking about, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And then from there, it'll yeah. even tell you, like, right. focus on whatever is praiseworthy and all these things. Yes. Well, see, yeah. being new to reading my Bible over the last three years, 
and you read these and you, you, you know, you give it all to God, give everything to God. Uh, don't be anxious. It's easy to read and easy to say and hard mm-hmm. to do. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I, like I told you, I wake up with overwhelming impending doom sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know why I have no idea. So I'll sit mm-hmm. there and I'll pray and I'll be thankful for everything. And I'll just do that. But you, st- I still feel it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I still have the higher heart rate. I still have anxiety. I still have stress. So I don't know how you guys do it, but I still struggle yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's not easy. Like I said, I just said it, but can I practice what I preach? And right. There's a total fitness to this, right? When I say a total fitness, I mean a spiritual fitness, mental fitness, and actual physical fitness, right? right. So you you maybe get in the habit of trying to uh, go for a walk and get up and moving, and then you do. You open your Bible, not like a magic eight ball, mm-hmm. but actually go to God and pray, God, please show me, help me to kind of receive. And then you can literally just sort of almost like read the story of Joseph in the second half of the book of Genesis. What an amazing story. You start reading these and what it does, it is therapeutic in this way that you get to see that, wow, these are real people, real human beings with real interaction, uh, with a real hope and a real God. And so you're exactly right. Harder to sound simple Mm -hmm. and the mechanics of it are simple, but the reality of it is it's complicated because we're complicated. Yeah. No, I think, I think that it's, um, you know, uh, I've heard a pastor say that we, we, we focus more on trying instead of training, but mm-hmm. it's like spiritual fitness. Like I can't go to the gym and lift 500 pounds, um, j- without going to the gym ever in my life. I have to train to get to that point. Yeah. And you know, something that we're, for us as Christians, we are putting ourselves, we're training ourselves to be able to respond. And Jesus says, come to me if you're weary and you're heavy laden and I will give you rest. And and then you see what Paul has says, and he says, I've trained myself, not as one beating the air, but I'm putting my body in submission. And, and I think that's that's part of what we're doing is what you just mentioned. Is you pray, yeah. you, you read, you um, do these different things, but you still feel this, you know, the impending doom. Right. And I think that what you're doing is you're training yourself that like, yeah, right now I still feel this impending doom, but I know it's not true. And oftentimes we have to remember that our mind, uh, what we are feeling, isn't feelings aren't truth right. uh, all the time. Sometimes feelings we we can be like, okay, what am I feeling? We can go down that and figure out what's the core of it, but it doesn't. It's not always truth. Right. It isn't always helpful. Um, but we can train ourselves to like you are doing to read and to pray, and then walk even in the midst of this feeling and know that yes i i am thankful and, and continuing to train myself in this right and i think you know, like what you said john about uh we brought philippians 4 i mean there's so many other passages that talk about what we set our mind on if we're yep. focusing on the noble true and the lovely and then you got jesus saying uh, in matthew 6 you know where it sit, lay up yourselves treasures in heaven and he says your eye is a lamp of the body if your eye is healthy, your whole body's full of light. If your eye is unhealthy, your whole body's full of darkness. And I think what he's saying there is your focus. If you're focused on Jesus, then your body starts to become and your life starts to be full of light. And then you know, there's, there's, there's so many other passages we could talk about that talk about what we're looking at, what we're focusing on. And that is a process of training ourselves to respond like Jesus would in those moments. And doesn't that go back to what you talked about earlier, choosing to focus on and believe the lie or choosing to refuse 
to give it any ground on in your life. Basically, I know I'm summarizing, but almost the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, these projections, these lies, that actually even comes down to what am I watching? What am I paying attention to? What I, you know, I'm sitting on my phone at night scrolling through all these other people's lives or all these other funny things or whatever. Is that actually helpful or should I be focusing on more godly things? And and I get it. You know what I mean? I, I love my guilty pleasures, yeah. my hilarious, dumb TV shows and movies and all those things. But especially, especially when you know you're going through a dark season, what are you choosing yeah. to focus on? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that might go back to some of that that you were talking about, Seth, whether you want to believe the lie or give it any footing in your life or if you want to look to truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly. also part of it is uh, the people you surround yourself with. Like, oh, huge. You know, if I didn't have you guys to talk to, to call. Make when fun you of, have, yeah, to be mean of, to. Yeah. yeah well, this is an awesome relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes, the, it makes, it makes life easier. You know, community is what I'm getting at. You know, the, the friends you surround yourself with, the people you surround yourself with, um, help. Yeah. So. That's something funny. I, I've shared that with my yeah. kids. Kind of, you know, they always, there are some biblical truths to it without going into all the biblical truth about it, but that whole, um, look at your friends, look at your future, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've shared that with my kids a whole lot of times. I, I don't know where I got that from, but it's, um, it is true. You know, if you're constantly being weighed down as, as a Christian, look, the Christian principle is we are called to be salt and light to a dark world. Uh, Jesus himself went the long way to go and be next to the woman at the well, the Samaritan, the half breed woman that no one, you know, a good Jew is never supposed to be around. He modeled that, but he modeled that he disagreed with the sin, but was willing to love the sinner. Right. And he, he was able to make a firm stand on truth, but in a loving and whimsical way and an approachable way, a fearless way. Like, Hey man, you, the point of that is Jesus meets you right where you're at, but he loves you too much to keep you there. No matter where at, where we're at in our lives. Yep. He's going to come right where we are at. We don't have to clean up before we get to have that relationship. But he actually loves us so much, he calls us to move forward and to come out of that dark place and to come out of that sinful lifestyle and to come out of those things and to start choosing things of light. And so um, that includes our friends, Mm -hmm. right? You want to be in a safe place with friends that aren't dragging you down, but it doesn't mean you have to have an us versus them, a Michigan versus Ohio mentality. You can have... (laughs) Michigan sucks. (laughs) You can have a a sense of, I'm not going to compromise, you know, and and go down to your level, if you will, if you're a, a... if, if all you care about is smoking weed and watching porn all day, Hey, listen, bro, yeah. I still love you. I really do. And, and Jesus loves you way more than I do, you know? Yeah. But we're not going to hang out, but I don't need to like hang out and do that. Right. But I, but yeah. I will invite you to come have a coffee with me. Right. I will sit down with you yeah. and do me a favor. You know, okay. You're smoking, you know, whatever. I heard a story of a guy, uh, Aaron Pierce, awesome guy. He's a Steiger ministry guy. He shares a story of hanging out with some friends and they're all smoking weed and, and he didn't want to be so stuffy. And it was in Amsterdam, right? So that was their cultural thing. And he said, dude, they handed me a joint and I just passed it to the next guy. Like, I'm not going to compromise. I don't do that, but I'm also not going to be like, whoa, I got to get out of here. Right. But if you're strong enough to say, hey, man, I can hang out and and hang with some friends and and they're not believers and they're massive partiers. You know, I I think that there is easy for us as older men, fathers. Yeah. I worry about my children, my daughter, my son, their influence because they're younger. Their minds That's are, true. They, they want to be fit in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what's cool is what they want to be. Yeah. And I struggle with that with my daughter. And this maybe another podcast, to be honest with you, but but um 
my son is 20, so he's kind of set. He serves at our church. He does things. I mean, obviously he's 20, so he's still influenced by society more than I am. But my daughter being 16, she's influenced too. She's in a Christian school, but I don't force things on her. And I don't know if I'm doing that right or wrong, but I worry. And I've heard conversations and I'm like, well, that's not the way that's, you know, I have these conversations with her, but I know social media friends is so, okay. So I I don't want to uncover my kids too bad, but look, I'm super blessed. But Seth, and actually I'll I'll encourage you with this one as well, Seth, just to be real here is I've got twins, a boy and a girl. They're awesome. They're almost 20. Uh, We've talked about this before and they both go to a Christian college. Um, And you're exactly right. It's funny. My daughter will gravitate toward like those kids that are church kids and that kind of stuff. And my son, so our kids, Alan and my kids are sort of the opposite as far as gravitational stuff. Both awesome, awesome, wonderful kids, believers, but my son tends to gravitate toward the group of kids that aren't as actively involved in church or quite the opposite, might not even be believers or whatever, kind of more the party kids. He's in college. Um, and that's actually can become a path to destruction. And you're exactly right. I want him to be the the Christian who's willing to minister to those people. I don't want him to be influenced into that. In other words, drug down. And so that might be for another topic, but I wanted to share that we just talked about that here. I have two kids at a Christian college and we love it. And you're exactly right. I've got one that uh, goes right into the the Christian mentality, the Christian group. And I've got one who um, has a tendency to hang out with the kids who don't go to church at all. Quite the opposite. And we can go into that at some other (laughs) point. It's another podcast, but for me, it's like, You, you want to set them on the path, yeah. give them the direction, but they got to choose their path. They have to, they have their own religion. Yeah. They have their own relationship. Right. And, uh, but we yeah. can, but Guy. we are called, we yes. are called to yeah. teach them and to talk about it from the time we wake up till the time we go to bed, the whole, the Shema, the Deuteronomy six, five stuff, so, you know, we are called to teach those kids. What do you got on closing Seth? Nothing. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Seth. No, ahead, Seth. I was going to say something. Okay, ahead, give it something. to us. We got it. We got about right. five more minutes or two, depending on when Alan cut you off. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, what I was going to say is that this is a great opportunity for us to continue to share the things that we're going through, the things we've gone through, so that they can know, hey, yes, that's I, I feel that same thing. And I think as a kind of a summary of our conversation is that you know our kids are experiencing these projections, these lies. Um, and they are are feeling are feeling the pull, and for us to be able to to help them and to, for ourselves to start to focus on the things that the truth and to ask them when they come to hey dad I, I think that this uh, this isn't uh, that Jesus isn't real or I'm feeling this about about uh, this you know certain situation of this person. And then you can start to kind of follow your own training and say, okay, well, is this true? Is this kind? Is it helpful? Um, is it bringing you down? Like, uh, is this person's um, lifestyle bringing you down um, to a place where you don't want to be, or you're not, you're, you're kind of maybe even ashamed of what you've done? And you can start to, uh, for our kids, they can start to go, oh, I have failed. I am not a Christian. My parents did something different, and they can start to feel like they are failures and go down that rabbit hole but if we start to train them how to have these different thoughts how to think about the true the noble good things then they'll be better off in the future um to follow jesus like you guys are now agreed yeah no that was good glad i didn't cut you off yeah finally (laughs) finally (laughs) didn't cut. all right so let's wrap this up guys uh we miss you seth have fun yeah
Hey, whatever you got going on, have fun. I don't know what the heck you're doing. I know you live in a ramp van down by the river. Yeah. Enjoy it, whatever you're doing. See ya. You good? Yeah.